there is a clear and explicit and open and unhidden assault on the electoral process. We have a president who said flat out that he thinks the only way that he can lose the election is if it's rigged against him. Welcome to episode 23 of Inside Without Now, a podcast brought to you by volunteers with Refuse Fascism. I'm Sam Goldman, one of those volunteers and host of this show. Today is Sunday, October 25th. Public assemblies happened nationwide because Trump is already stealing the election. We need to vote but Trump will not be stopped just by our voting. We came together to plan, organize, protest, and demand Trump Pence out now. And we will be in the streets across the country raising this demand. Be sure to stay tuned to refusefascism.org and our social media at refusefascism throughout the week. Inside Without Now, we'll be releasing additional episodes all week long, so stay tuned for when they hit next. We hope that if you're not already signed up for email alerts and mobile texts, do so today. Go to refusefascism.org and sign up right there on the homepage. The confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett is a key part of this ratcheting up of this rolling coup heading towards a showdown November 3rd. Everyone listening who is in driving distance of Washington, D.C., join Refuse Fascism to protest this utterly illegitimate confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett on Monday, October 26th. Meet us outside the Supreme Court, 5 p.m. In today's show, we're first going to share a speech given by Andy Z yesterday at the Public Assembly in Los Angeles. Andy is a co-initiator of RefuseFascism.org, spokesperson for Revolution Books, and the host of the RNL show on YouTube. Then we'll share an interview I did with journalist and historian Paul Street. Paul has a new book out called Hollow Resistance, Obama, Trump, and the Politics of Appeasement. We who are gathered here today are the catalysts. We're the spark plugs. We're the triggers. We're the inspiration and the magnets and the organizers of what must become hundreds and thousands and millions who take to the streets day after day in nonviolent mass protest, who, by our words and by what we do and say and what we put on the line, that not one more day must this regime of white supremacists, of anti-woman LGBTQ theocrats, of xenophobic torturers of children and families, of police state bullies and murderers, of genocidal racists and anti-science lunatics who are killing the planet and hundreds of thousands of people by their arrogant ignorance, no longer should they be allowed to rule this or any other country. There ought to be a golf course in hell with a never-ending sand trap for such people. 
want to leave you here today with two points to think about and to act on. First, the Trump-Pence regime intends to stay in power by any and all means, including stealing the election. And should they succeed, it will be a catastrophe for humanity. And I do not use the word catastrophe lightly. The recognition of this is what brought you here today. The second thing you must leave with is that we must act now. Others have spoken of this. We must not wait until the regime actually steals the election, but be in the streets now, putting before the whole world the horror that this fascist regime is bringing and the rightness of our cause and acting in every way we can nonviolently to stop it. To stop a coup, you need to act before it is carried out. can defeat this if we dare to face the truth of that and to organize ourselves to meet this threat. Coups can be defeated, but not by pretending they don't exist, but only by sounding the alarm in ways that people will not ignore and then preparing people's minds and organizing them to act accordingly. So leave here today committed to act in creative ways that provoke masses of people to not turn away, but be inspired to act themselves and to organize others to join us and to be a part of the mission of the Out Now movement, which is, again, to act together and sustain mass protests to do what? To demand what? Trump pants out now. Trump pants out Trump now. Pants out now. We must vote in big numbers, but if that is all we do, the outcome will most likely be disastrous. We need to put our hearts, our minds, and our bodies on the streets. We have 10 days, 10 days in which it is not an exaggeration to say that the struggle over the future of humanity will go into high gear. And that fight has begun. We are now in the midst of a rolling coup, a step-by-step theft, the grabbing and stealing of an all-out blatant dictatorial power without any semblance of democratic or civil liberties by the Trump-Pence regime. This will mean a qualitative change in the world that we, that you, that everyone lives in. Right now, they are doing everything they can to deny, to purge, to make as difficult as possible, and failing that to intimidate those who they fear will vote against Trump, Black, Latino, Native American, and many others. If on election day, or the day after, if Trump is behind, or he loses, the regime has said outright, and they have shown in what they are actively doing, that they will do anything and everything to complete their coup and to steal the election. They will bullshit, creating the facade of going through procedures of counting votes, while in reality they will be working to disqualify votes. They will be sowing doubt and issuing threats from Trump, while their thugs take to the street. Their Trump card, and quite literally so, is this nomination of Amy Coney Barrett that's scheduled to be rammed through the Supreme Court this week. Because their plan 
is to take this disqualification into the state legislatures, into the county boards, to then take it to the courts that they pack with fascists, and then go all the way up to the Supreme Court, where they have now secured a majority to ram through this election and bring about a theocratic fascist America. They have packed these courts with judges who want to return outright to the original Constitution, which objectively ratified slavery, didn't consider black people human, didn't give women any rights, and in fact justified the theft of the land and the genocide of the native peoples. This is what originalism actually is. The theft of the election is not just after election day. It is, as I said, underway now. But do not think that Trump might not win an election that he has already begun stealing. Do not be drugged by these opinion polls. Such a result would still be illegitimate and must be opposed. Fascism, all that has been experienced at the pain of cages, at the pain of concentration camps, All that has been experienced over the last four years is always illegitimate. And fascism is always illegitimate when it is brought to power, whether by fair or fraudulent means. And it's already been fraudulent. This, too, is another reason why refuse fascism and the Trump pets out now movement are calling for people to be out now every day. I began by saying that if the Trump-Pence regime remains in power, it will be a catastrophe for humanity, perhaps our very survival. Look, the world is in great turmoil now. Big power rivalries are sharpening. Regimes all over the world are facing acute crises, not the least of which is the COVID pandemic. It is unconscionable and of acute danger to have a pathological narcissist with no capacity for empathy who espouses a genocidal racist program to have his finger on the nuclear trigger with the capacity to incinerate the world. More, this anti-science regime that will likely soon include a Supreme Court justice who along with Trump and Pence denies the science of global warming, which would, if they remain in power, foreclose quite possibly the potential of slowing or reversing global warming and burning and drowning and the suffocation of life on this planet. The stakes are that high. It is an existential moment for humanity. The heart of the fascist program are three things. White supremacy, the hatred of immigrants, and the assertion of the most toxic male supremacy and subordination of women and differently gendered people through a theocratic fascism and form of patriarchy. And I will say this, what we have seen so far from this regime is but the tip of an iceberg should they remain in power. This is something everybody has the responsibility to contemplate and to think about and to act then accordingly. Donald Trump is, as the revolutionary leader Bob Avakian has said, a genocidal racist. Mike Pence is no different. Mike Pence and the movement that he leads takes the Bible literally. This is a Christian fascist movement that would impose a handmaid's tale on the humanity of women and LBGTQ persons. And maybe the sisters over here in those handmade costumes can stand up for a minute.
This is real. This is who they are. This is what drives the movement that celebrates vigilantes who murder people fighting for black lives. And so that black people are not routinely and wantonly gunned down in the streets by police and disproportionately killed by the COVID virus. What kind of depravity deliberately as a matter of policy orphans little children 545 immigrant children torn from their parents who were seeking asylum from the horrific conditions in their countries that were largely made by what this country does around the world and in Latin America. And now they can't locate their parents. This is not a bad policy. This is not inhuman. This is torture. Straight up. On top of the tens of thousands in concentration camps, detention camps on this side of the border, and the most horrific conditions in asylum and concentration camps on the other side of the border as the Trump-Pence regime throws people across the Rio Grande as so much human refuse. No one should accept this. There is no election that can or should tolerate this. And to be complacent in the face of this, to fail to act in the streets, to not do more than just vote is to be complicit and to collaborate in a great crime. And this is not just invective and drama for a talk. This is real, very real. And it's gonna get acutely real should we fail to act and do what we have to do. Then this is why we say in the name of humanity, we refuse to accept a fascist America. That is what we stand for. Living this is what we must do and what we must be. We are not standing out here, the few of us today, to look good for ourselves, for our group. This is not about us. This is about the world. This is about humanity. That's right. When stakes are that high, you can't be worried about how few you are, but know when you're right and that you reflect what people are actually experiencing and feeling deep in their heart that they don't want to acknowledge, that you have to stand on that, and maybe the people will come if you continue to fight hard enough. And in any case, it is the thing you should do if you are to be a human being. And as I said, we are here because Trump is already stealing the election. We need to vote, but Trump will not be stopped by voting. We are standing together to put our hearts and our minds and our bodies to this task, to this task, to the cause of planning, to protesting and organizing to drive a regime from power. And I have said that we are in a rolling coup, a coup that is coming to a head through the election. So what do we do and when do we do it? Coups, which are the theft of power, are stopped, one, when people plan and when they act before the coup. And two, when people act together in the streets, forging the unity and determination through the hard work of waking up society to what is required in addition to voting. And three, and most importantly, in so doing this, in being out every day, we establish before the world the righteousness of our demand through our words, and most importantly, through what we do, we put forward a poll that represents, that concentrates the reality that millions of people feel an anguish about. 
and demonstrates in word and deed what must be done if justice is to prevail in the regime that is bringing a great disaster down on humanity. The people here all around the world is removed from power. This people must see from what we do, and they must see it now. They must see it going into the election. And let me ask you this, is that not what Refuse Fascism did in front of the Supreme Court, putting on those handmaid's uniforms and at the women's marches all around the country? The brutal women life-denying Amy Coney Barrett, that Aunt Lydia, and that was put before the world. And what you did and what the women here who are wearing those uniforms did is still sitting in people's minds. Do not be deterred by what the immediate response is. People are having to live with you representing the reality that is to come. And the same goes for the cages. The next 10 days really can count to put the poll of Trump-Pence out now on the map to compel, to inspire people to see that voting is not enough, to recognize that waiting until Trump actually moves to steal the election will weaken the forces of resistance, to see that if we start acting now, our side can gain initiative. We can be the story in the news now, rather than Trump's lying bullshit and QAnon COVID spreading rallies. <laughs> This is what people need to see. I mean, we're not telling anybody not to go out now and organize people to vote to help them get to the polls and to make phone calls. But if that's all you do, the story is these fascists on the news. There's no heart for our side. All of you here and what we have done is giving that heart and seeping into the conscience of people. And don't underestimate the effect of this. And yes, what we're going to do today is talk about why we're doing this, how to do it, and how to get prepared for the next 10 days. We need to awaken and organize, as I said, hundreds and thousands to act now. Look, we cannot predict what will happen tomorrow or next week that could cause masses of people to pour into the streets. You don't know that, I don't know that, and the people who say it's not time don't know it either. We cannot even say for sure that people will act if and when Trump moves to seal the election. But what we can say is that if we don't prepare now, if we don't act now, that will weaken and politically disarm people to understand the enormity of what we face and why voting alone will not be enough. The handmaid's protests, the cages, the kids' shoes are all part of disturbing the air, making people confront what is happening in their name and all this must be tied back to the demand of Trump-Pence out now. We also have to dramatize, and we have to act to defend the right to vote right now, and not let those who in their camouflage costumes and their very real weapons have threatened and murdered people for protesting to demand Black Lives Matter, we cannot allow these people to come out and intimidate people from voting. We must not let them sabotage and suppress the vote in counties where people like this live. This too, today, is preparing for the struggle that will come. 
should he steal the election. If and when the Trump-Pence regime, with the backing not only of their MAGA thugs, but of the Republicans and state governments and the courts across the country, move to steal the elections, our struggle will include protesting and uniting with the demand that they not be allowed to disqualify and deny the votes that are for Biden. But the struggle to remove this regime cannot just be reactive to the moves of the Trump-Pence regime and the response of the Democratic Party of Biden to that. We, who represent the interests of the people of this country and around the world, must act in our interests, which is that the Trump-Pence regime must go. That is not negotiable. There is no compromise with four more years of a fascist America. That's right. No compromise. For that will be a horror for humanity. Think about this. This is very important. We cannot just be reactive to what the Trump-Pence regime does and the reaction of that to that by the Democrats. You saw what that brought in the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett. They rushed it through. The Democrats said, we don't have the vote. They hardly put up a fight. They raised some questions to do some exposure. And then they said it's a foregone conclusion. Well, I said this before, I'm going to say it again, it's not even in this written speech. But just imagine, if there had been tens of thousands of people on the Washington Wall and in city squares all through that nomination, how might things have turned out differently? And I'm going to tell you this, it won't be any different if he steals the election and they say, let's let this county board decide, let's let this court decide, let's stand in front of this place, which we of course should do and force them to be honest, shine the spotlight on them. But if we don't get out there and fight in our interests, in in which are the interests of humanity, to demand that Trump-Pence regime must go, they must be gone from power, and we will not be re just reactive, we will be proactive. Proactive for the people of the world. So I'm gonna close where I began. The Trump-Pence regime will be a catastrophe scarcely imaginable. They are stealing the election now. And we must intensify our efforts and make these next 10 days really count before the election and send a beacon far and wide that now is the time to act and not stop taking to the streets until this regime is gone. Say with me, in the name of humanity, we refuse to accept a fascist America. In the name of humanity, we refuse to accept a fascist America. Now let's get busy and get to work. And that was Andy Z speaking in Los Angeles at the Refuse Fascism Public Assembly held yesterday, October 24th. You can find Andy every week on The RNL Show on YouTube. While The RNL Show typically airs Thursdays at 8 p.m. on YouTube at the RevComs, you can watch it tomorrow, Monday, October 26th. Again, YouTube, the RevComs. Now, Paul Street. Thanks for joining us, Paul, on Inside Without Now. We are so glad to have you with us. Hey, thanks for having me. I want to start with something that I've been thinking a lot about. You turn on the TV, you read 
mainstream newspaper. And what you see is that Biden is up in the polls. He has the lead. To me, I get very concerned that we're not facing the seriousness of what we're up against in the Trump-Pence regime. It seems like it's being covered and far too many people are talking about it. What we face is just another election. Can you talk about what you think it is that we actually face in this moment? How should we be talking about this election? What is important for us to understand that we may not be getting in the newspaper or by watching MSNBC, CNN? So I've had cable news on quite a bit this election season. There's this kind of disturbing tendency to just treat this at the level of a horse race, act like this is just a normal election, when of course it isn't. So we hear that what Biden is up by 10, 11, 12, 13 points nationally, it, it almost puts you to sleep and makes you think, think everything's going to be okay. Well, I remember Hillary Clinton being up by similar numbers, maybe a little bit less. We know from 2016 that we can't necessarily count on that polling data being fully accurate. We know that there are probably a lot of hidden Trump voters in 2020 as they were in 2016. We also know We should always know this every election cycle, that those national polls, they're not irrelevant, but they can be somewhat misleading because we have a militantly undemocratic presidential election system that's filtered through the Electoral College so that we really don't have a national popular vote for the presidency. We don't have that. We're we're captive to this uh, charter drafted by slave owners and merchant capitalists at the end of the 18th century, the U.S. Constitution and its Electoral College provision means that we only actually have a presidential election in a handful of states. You're in one of them, Pennsylvania. I'm actually in one of them right now, Iowa. There's about eight to 10 contested states. That's kind of absurd, but that's where the presidential election is, and the margin is lower in those states. Furthermore, whatever polling data says, there's a big issue with voter suppression. There always is. This is nothing new. It's going to be worse this time around because the Trump-era Republican Party is even uglier about voter suppression than the Republican Party has been in the past. But beyond all of that, even assuming that Biden was in good shape, and he does have margins that, that are somewhat significant in many of the battleground states like Wisconsin and Michigan, I don't know what the gap is now or what the polling data says in Pennsylvania, which is a really critical state. Even besides all of that, the discussion in the cable news is as if they're just throwing away the ongoing effort to subvert the process altogether and in extraordinary kinds of ways and new and different kinds of ways beyond just the usual partisan and racist Republican voter suppression in key battleground states. There is a clear and explicit and open and unhidden assault on the electoral process. We have a president who said flat out, that he thinks the only way that he can lose the election is if it's rigged against him. That is an open call, if you ask me, for civil war and even a declaration of martial law when people protest after he steals. So he's been for months discrediting the mail-in ballots that are required by the pandemic, the racist pandemic that he himself spread, making it clear they're going to legally contest. And we know his right-wing white nationalist attorney general, uh, William Barr, will not hesitate to contest ballots, uh, to to contest state-level votes that don't go Trump's way. We know they have an army of lawyers in the field up and ready to contest any state-level 
electoral college counts that don't go that way. We know that they will be arm twisting state legislatures, uh, which are controlled by Republicans in many battleground states to put up an electoral college slate opposed to what the voters choose in their states. If those voters have gone Biden, but incidentally, the Constitution allows that kind of machination. There is nothing in the Constitution that absolutely requires the electoral college slates to follow the lead of the popular vote in those states. And this whole ramming through of Amy Coney Barrett as the sixth Republican right-wing Supreme Court justice so quickly is a disaster on numerous levels. It's a disaster for Black lives, immigrant lives, women's lives, for consumer rights, for environmental protection, for everything, all of that. That kind of horrible right-wing victory they could have had without ramming her through the court so quickly and in such ugly ways. She's had to be pushed through so quickly now because Trump and Barr and the Republican elite is counting on her vote in a Supreme Court decision at the end of this process that they hope will go Trump's way on the model of Bush v. Gore in 2000. So we might be looking at a Trump v. Biden partisan court decision, every bit as ugly as Bush v. Gore, throwing a contested election to the GOP. The talking heads covering the horse race seem, they seem to be scratching their heads that Trump doesn't seem to be doing anything more than trying to turn out his, you know, 40 to 43% of the electorate base. And they're sort of the implication, well, that's stupid. They're going to lose the election, but they don't seem to get it. All he, mm-hmm. he's not planning to win the election in a normal way. He does just need to turn out enough of their base to credibly, along with the, the tilting of the electoral college to the right, and along with the voter expression, he's turned out enough of their base to credibly challenge this whole thing, to contest it, to delegitimize the vote, and then take it all the way to the highest court in the land and win it that way. That is a constitutional, extra-constitutional coup. And I say extra-constitutional because there's also all these appeals to violence and paramilitaries and militia and proud boys and all those folks who are expected to come out and intimidate us when they protest their contestation of the election. So that's my rather long-winded answer to your short question. No, I think that that was that was really helpful. And I think the last point in particular is something worth paying attention to. We already have voter suppression, voter intimidation happening across the country. We have a situation in which this is poised to escalate quite rapidly and quite dramatically in a way that too many are not confronting. I was on the street yesterday participating in the nationwide public assemblies that refuse fascism held to gather people, organize people, to protest and demand Trump hence out now. And one of the key things that we were bringing forward was the reality that Trump is already stealing this election and that we need to vote, we need to do it in record numbers, but Trump's not going to be stopped just by our voting. We need to be in the streets. Now is the time. Despite the fact that that was much of my agitation when I would be giving out this statement or other people would be distributing the statement, people would say, oh, I already voted. I already voted. And I was wondering, what do you say when people tell you, I already voted, you don't need to convince me? Well, this is not a normal election. It's going to take people in the streets even to have a decent vote. The right wing is not restricting its efforts to voting and neither can we. 
I did this book that just came out called Power Resistance, Obama, Trump, and the Politics of Appeasement. And, you know, Obama, who, by the way, since you're in Philadelphia, right, he's just been through there, and he's incredibly popular, and, and he's sort of a, um, a high priest of electoralism. And I remember in some of the research I did for this book, him going down to Urbana, Illinois, and telling students down at the University of Illinois that the best way to protest is to vote. And I was like, well, no, I mean, yeah, vote. Voting is necessary, but insufficient. The best way to protest is to protest. And what's interesting about this election is this dichotomy between protest and voting, right? Where voting has had this long kind of history, the obsession with the quadrennial candidate-centered major party electoral extravaganza as the definition of the only politics that matters. This is deeply embedded in American political culture. And it's had this long history of keeping people off the street, right? Or turning everything that starts to be the kind of social movement we need into a get out the vote program, particularly when the Republicans are in office. I noticed that the, you know, everything becomes a GOTV program for the, for the Democrats. But this election challenges that dichotomy and suggests that it might be a, a false dichotomy even within the context of the limited aims of electoralism. You're going to have to protest and fight and get in the streets even to guarantee a decent electoral outcome. In other words, Trump is incredibly unpopular. Most of the population just hates him. If they're going to try and ram him through over and against public opinion and even against a vote through legal and extra legal strategies, we're going to have to hit the streets and make it clear to the power elite of this country, I mean, maybe even all the way up to the Pentagon, make it clear that this country is going to be ungovernable. We cannot have four more years of a fascist, okay, a genocidal racist, an ecocidal, arch-patriarchal, super-authoritarian, white nationalist, neo-fascist in the White House. We can't have that. So sorry, Barack, that's right, we should vote but the best way to protest is to protest. And now we looks like we have to protest even to have a decent vote. I hear from people, well, if they try to steal the election, then we'll hit the streets and we'll protest. And, you know, okay, good. But I, that, there's no if about it. The, the coup, the, the strategy, the statements are very clear. Pence has said he, in, in the press, vice presidential debate he couldn't commit to a, a peaceful transition of power. Trump has said repeatedly he's not sure that he would honor a vote that didn't go his way. Amy Coney Barrett in her confirmation hearings couldn't even say that it might be bad for a president to not accept an election that he lost. I mean, that should have been a stop everything moment. The Democrats should have said, you are, you know, on the, on the Senate committee, Judiciary Committee should have said, you are unqualified. You can't be mm-hmm. in the Supreme Court if that's what you think. You know, everything should have stopped then. People should have hit the streets. They should be in the streets now. November, mid-November may be too late and we'll be up against the Democrats telling us to calm down because they're fighting back in court. The problem being the courts are loaded up the wrong way. There have to be pressure on the streets, in the streets, in the town squares, in the workplaces. We're going to have to think about general mm-hmm. strikes in this country. We, we don't have a lot of history of political strikes like other countries do. We may have to have political strikes this year. I think that your point about it's going to have to be everywhere. It's going to have to be in the workplace. It's going to have to be in the schools, in all of society is going to need to be mobilized to create a political situation in this country where the the ruling class is compelled to remove this regime. I think that there really is no other way because of the evidence that you laid out. And I think that this regime has proven repeatedly in word but mainly indeed that they have no intention 
of playing by the rules. They yes. are intent on shredding them. And the holding on, the clinging to institutions that this regime is remaking and rules and norms that this regime is eviscerating has a grave toll for all of humanity, if that's what we choose to do. You, um, you know, there's a kind of disbelief about the notion that the uh, election peak could be getting, that, that there's an attempted kind of theft of the election. But that disbelief is sort of problematic and dysfunctional in some ways if you've paid attention to the record of this administration over the years. I mean, kids in cages, breastfeeding babies being taken out of the arms of women at the border, the dog whistling of the Proud Boys and Charlottesville. I mean, you could go on. I mean, we'd, we'd right. be here for hours. What's so difficult to believe about that when you take into account the other just astonishing things? I mean, just the, the knowing about the pandemic and how lethal it was, and then proceeding ahead with a strategy of, of spreading it and fueling it and fanning it. You know, what's not to exactly. believe here? Right. And then on top of that, we have what you were kind of alluding to at the end of your response is the Democratic concession from the Democratic Party, constantly ceding ground to these fascists. And that they've shown that they are not going to fight yes. politically. Politically yeah. is, is what I'm right. referring to. That they're right. not going to politically fight this regime the way that it must be fought. I mean, well, I mean the from, track record from Feinstein record. saying, hugging Lindsey Graham and saying this has been the right. most beautiful hearing or whatever she said. to so the fact that you can look at history and look at what happened in Bush v. Gore. People were not mobilized right. at all. This is a demented bully with his finger on the nuclear trigger moment. We have no indication to believe that they are going to fight this any differently than they did with kids in cages, forced hysterectomies, or yes. the confirmation of the Supreme Court justice. So I think that all indications are we need to be the ones that are acting. We need to be the, the force in the street. I think that's such a good point. Yeah, such a critical point, essential point. That said... The main thing that we're saying is that people need to be in the streets. They need to be in the streets this week before the election. They need to be thwarting any attempts of this regime or their fascist base to intimidate or prevent people from exercising their right to vote. On the other hand, you have a section of the left that because of their hatred of Biden, Somehow that supersedes the reality that we face fascism. And I was wondering if you have any words to the Trumpian left that is adamantly opposed to in any way voting against Trump. And by voting against Trump, I mean voting for Biden. I've run into this quite a bit online, this culture, this stuff. I think I might have invented the phrase, the Trump and left. Maybe I didn't. But, you know, I don't need the lectures on the how the Democrats are a capitalist and imperialist party. I've been a leftist for four decades. I would sort of jokingly tell people, well, you've got your Lenin prize. I'll send it to you. You got it. You figured that out. We know that. The problem is that the GOP is not for this time. And for some time, it's not Pepsi versus Coke. It's Pepsi versus crack. The whole party system has shifted dangerously to the right. Actually, the Democrats ate up some of the space. They're, they're part of it. It's a codependent sick relationship between the, the two dominant capitalist parties. I understand that. But as the Democrats have eaten up some of the space that used to be held by the Republicans, the Republicans have gone up and started eating up some of the space that used to be held by Adolf Hitler. They have gone over into full-on authoritarian white nationalist space in ways that are extremely dangerous. These are not just your usual so-called conservatives anymore. I get so tired of hearing uh, Trump referred and the Trump Republicans referred to as conservatives. They're radicals. They're, they're radicals 
of the extreme right. These are people who talk openly about stealing an election, who, with a president who openly supports a, a teen fascist who murdered two civil rights protesters in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So it's, uh, it's not the same thing. When we say that people ought to, when Refuse Fascism says that people ought to vote this time, this election, for Biden, it's not because we've fallen prey to or invested all our hopes in electoralism. It's because we understand Trump and Trumpism as malignant tumors that need to be removed as soon as possible by various means, uh, all means necessary, or the patient will die or any chance of having successful social democratic social movements in the future is going to die. When a surgeon needs to remove a tumor so the patient doesn't die, does not, is not an endorsement of cancer or the conditions that give rise to cancer. There's a kind of um, ironic fetishization of the ballot on the part of some people who get very upset because we say we need to vote for the non-fascist candidate this time. And there's just so much principle involved in voting and who I vote for. Just on a matter of principle, I'm going to vote for the Green Party or Gloria Rivera. Well, I mean, I'm pretty familiar with the American electoral system. There's not a lot of principles involved in it. It's a sort of money-drenched, media-dominated, candidate-centered extravaganza. It's kind of a shit show. I don't know if I can say that on your, your podcast. Yeah. And, and we know that. And so to, to infuse some sort of great principle in it, to me, is kind of silly. It is tactical this time. It's, it's, a, it's a tactical decision. We won't the black lives won't matter with this. I mean, if people think the first Trump administration was bad, wait till you see the second Trump administration. Black lives won't matter. Immigrant lives won't matter. Women's lives won't matter. Consumer rights won't matter. Livable ecology won't matter. It would be a tragedy. It would be an epic tragedy on numerous levels for Trump to come back. I wish the American major party and election system wasn't binary. I do. I wish we had proportional representation. I wish we had full public financing of elections. I wish we had a parliamentary system. I wish we had a kind of election system where somebody as horrific as Trump got in and we saw him for a first year and the government could have a vote of no confidence and we would call new elections and try and form a reasonable governing coalition you know, of multi-parties to try and respond rationally to things like pandemics in ecocide. Now, we don't have that. We have this ridiculous binary quadrennial thing. And it's unfortunate, but in a contested state in particular, it is true that uh, it might not be fair, it might be pathetic, but it's true that a vote for uh, Howie Hawkins, the Green Party, or Gloria Rivera in the Party of Socialism and Liberation, or whatever left parties on the ballot, indirectly, well, directly even, ends up becoming a vote for, for Trump, for a second Trump term, which would be a disaster. And I know a guy, there's a guy on the left, I won't name him by name, but he's, he's, he's mass action. He's been putting out these, uh, he's been putting out these messages. He goes, vote for either Howie Hawkins or Gloria Rivera. I'm mispronouncing her name. So the, or, the, or the SPL candidate. And then saying, you know, make a principled vote. But then it's like either one of them. So really, he doesn't care which one which to me is like transparent. It makes me wonder, do you have Republican money behind you? Because you just, you just want to screw over Biden when you say that. I mean, he's not even like invested either. Vote for either one of them. So in other words, just right. screw you're, over the Democrats. Screw them over. Right. It's siding with Trump. In the final analysis, it's siding with Trump over the establishment wing of the Democratic Party. 
Right. That's what it comes down to. They, say they don't want to deal with that. I'm sorry, it's binary. It shouldn't be. We, we should have a revolution in our election system and change it. But that's not going to happen between now and November 3rd. Well, I want to close out with one final question that I think pulls these couple things together, which is refuse fascism is calling on people to use every nonviolent means at our disposal to stop the Trump-Pence regime from staying in power, which includes voting, but is most decisively the millions in the streets that are still needed to prevent this rolling coup from succeeding. Can you talk some about how these things work together? This is actually a weird election in that I've, I've always, I voted third party in the past in a contested state, Iowa, though I must confess, I, I look at the, the Des Moines Register poll, it's pretty good, and I look at it. And 2008, 2012, and 2016. Yeah, each time it was pretty clear who was going to win. Obama was going to win in 08, and, and Obama was going to win in 2012, and Trump was going to win in 2016. And I, I didn't feel any risk involved in um, casting my usual left wing third party vote. Mm-hmm. One thing that's different this, well, for Iowa this year looks like a toss up, so I, I, I don't think I have that luxury. But furthermore, I think that we don't have that contested state versus uncontested state dichotomy calculation anymore. I think the popular vote is going to matter a great deal. It's relevant for Biden to try and really not only win the Electoral College, but also to win the popular vote for the cause of legitimizing the pushback against the coup. I think the numbers are really going to matter. It would really matter for Biden to have beaten Trump in the popular vote by, I don't know, 10, like what the polls say right now, 10, 12, 13, 14%. That would matter in the court of public opinion as we try and put millions of people in the streets. It just would enhance the delegitimization, just make more graphic and more clear, throw into higher, bolder relief the vicious authoritarian fascistic nature of the Trump administration if Biden had, had a, a big number. So I think it matters. I think it matters. I think uh, it's not just about the Electoral College, this election. And the, the, the elites, the bipartisan elites in the Transition Integrity Project that have run all these interesting sort of war game scenarios of what might happen in this election, just about all of the scenarios are horribly ugly and involve violence and blood in the streets with right-wing militias and, and God knows what else going on. The only scenario in which they don't see a full-on bloody constitutional crisis is a total Biden sweep in the popular voting electoral college. I'm rather skeptical about whether Biden and Harris are the kind of candidates who can achieve that. Uh, I'm, I'm not panglossian about that happening, but I, I, I think our case will be better than the models we have. So voting voting matters. I did, I've never thought I'd be, you know, this is the first time in my life I've, I've ever in my entire political adult existence cared about the vote totals received by a corporate Democrat. But uh, this, this time, because of the fascist coup that we're, we're fighting, I think it matters. I think that without people in the streets seeing this through, it will spell catastrophe. So I think that this is a moment where it's both. We must deliver a decisive defeat at the polls. It's essential to do so. What will be most decisive is whether or not people are in the streets and doing so now, not November 4th. That was historian and journalist Paul Street. You can find the latest articles from Paul at counterpunch.org. And at counterpunch.org, you can get his new book, Hollow Resistance, Obama, Trump, and the Politics of Appeasement. Paul is also a member of the Refuse Fascism editorial board. Next, I'll be sharing a new statement from Refuse Fascism 
www.voteintimidation.org. White supremacy and voter intimidation and vote stealing equals fascism. Trump Pence, out now. Defend the right to vote. Not since the days when the KKK murdered black people who tried to register to vote have we seen anything like this. The right that people shed their blood to win is under attack from Trump and the fascist Republican Party. These white supremacists are trying to steal the election. We must stop them. Over the next nine days, join us in nonviolent action to thwart the attempts of the Trump-Pence regime to block Black, Latinx, and Indigenous people from voting. People are acting in opposition to this. Black and brown people all over the country are coming out early to vote. All kinds of groups are filing suits and fighting in the courts. Others are preparing for Election Day itself to protect people's right to vote against Trump's fascist marauders. We support these efforts. Voting is essential, but voting will not be enough. These next nine days before the election, we in Refuse Fascism are organizing to sound the alarm about the nature of the threat by getting the statement out far and wide. Beginning this week, we will go to where the Trump-Pence campaign is throwing obstacles in the way of people trying to vote. We will engage in dramatic nonviolent action that thwarts the regime's attempts to intimidate voters and enables people to exercise their right to vote. Join on Election Day with many others to protect the right to vote as part of refusing to accept this fascist regime in any way, shape, or form. You are needed to be part of this. Join with us to go to the battleground states beginning this week. Trump Pence, out now. RefuseFascism.org. Thanks for listening to Inside Without Now. Don't forget to sign up at RefuseFascism.org. And while you're there, hit that orange donate button and give generously to support tomorrow's protest in Washington, D.C. against the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett and in support of nonviolent protests happening every day this week. You can also give via Venmo, Refuse-Fascism, or Cash App, Refuse-Fascism. Remember, if you're in driving distance of Washington, D.C., we hope to see you on Monday, tomorrow, 5 p.m. outside the Supreme Court. It's not too late to organize emergency demonstrations in your area. Reach out to your friends and neighbors and find organizing materials like the statement I just read at refusefascism.org. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, we're going to be releasing additional shows this week. So stay tuned at Refuse Fascism on social media and make sure you subscribe to the show so that you get the latest. In the name of humanity, we refuse to accept a fascist America. See you in the streets.